This is the Bro Storm Sports Podcast. On this week's episode, we get into a lot of college hoops, catch up on some NFL news, and predict the conference tournaments. Also, be on the lookout for the Bro Storm Sports Bracket Group on ESPN. We'll give you all the information on how to join that next week when the brackets come out. Stay with us throughout. Thanks for listening. It's Bro Storm Sports. With your hosts, Sasha and Scott Bushka. He's a sports talk show host named Sasha, named after Sasha Radunovich. And Scott's a wisdom-seeking, educated networking guy who works in the sports industry. Featuring intern P, the basement beer pong world champion. So put on your bro coat. It's time for a bro storm. Welcome into Bro Storm Sports. It is Monday, March 6th as we record. We're getting you ready for... March Madness coming up in about a week. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good time. So we're going to have a lot of college basketball talk tonight, uh, as well as some NFL news and notes. I'm joined tonight by intern P and Nick. I'm Sasha. Fellas, how we doing tonight? We're doing well. Had a little technical difficulty to start the night off. Um, luckily, intern P was there to get me all straightened out. So got everything hooked up, but. Um, you know, ready to get some things off my chest from the weekend and, you know, go from there. So, P, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Um, as usual, on this Monday night, I'm recovering a bit from the weekend shenanigans or tomfoolery, as some people would like to say. Uh, spent some time in uh, Manhattan this weekend, so you could only imagine how that would go. Not New York, but uh, Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah. For our global the listeners, w- it was the Little Apple. Yeah, the Little the Apple, one. not the Big Apple. What were you doing in Manhattan, P? Uh, you know, just uh, hanging with the bros, wearing some green, watching a little bit of the college basketball when I could. Uh, a lot of great games on this weekend. I can't wait to talk about them. So. That, I mean, I've been down there for Fake Patty's Day before. I would say it's more than tomfoolery that goes on for that you know, 48-hour stretch. So I'm shocked that you even made it for tonight. So I would have been out for till Wednesday or Thursday for sure. Yeah, and I, I just want to make the listeners aware due to uh, due to the, what happened last week on the pod and Nick's level of natural light drinking, I decided to reignite my engine and have a few crown and diets for the show tonight. Let's, let's go. That's why we had to get a little late start on the recording. You guys did not so, inform me on this, Sasha, so that's fine. I'm going to let that slide, though. Next week, I'll be ready. Next week, you'll be ready. All right. P will be ready next week. That's what I've been hearing for about 21 weeks now. <laughs> so college hoops is in full swing. Uh, as it stands right now, the number one seeds in uh, Joe Lenardi's bracketology, uh, or at least in the bracketmatrix.com. Speaking of which, are you guys familiar with the bracketmatrix.com? Never heard of it. I am. It's yeah, just they, gonna they be, put all of them together, right? They put all of them yeah. together and give them like a true seed. Yeah, yeah. Most pub it's ever gotten, but Bracket Matrix takes brackets from all over the internet, hundreds of them, no less, and takes the average seed that all the brackets put a team as and then predicts the field based on that. It also rates how well bracketologists do. So just wanted to give them a little plug. They've got a uh, Houston... Alabama just for college basketball or do they do like, you know, best fast food chains for bracketology like that too? Well, I don't think there's hundreds of brackets across the internet that are predicting (laughs) the best fast food chains bracket. Well, I wasn't sure. I mean, good question as always, Nick. (laughs) But who do they got? So what are we looking at right now? According to the bracket matrix, Alabama, Kansas, Houston, and Purdue are your one seeds. UCLA not far behind on the two line to go with Texas, Baylor, and Arizona. Question for you guys. Uh, As we head into the tournament this year, uh, Selection Sunday is six days away, the day by which all days are measured. Is the national championship going to come from one of those first two seed lines? I mean, I would say... I think it's the top heavy. So it's top heavy this year with, I mean, KU, even with losing, still becoming the number one seed overall, right? Even though they lost to a good Texas team, you know, playing They're at Texas. They're projected that way right now. Um, 
I think it's going to come down to Houston or Kansas for that top overall seed. Kansas has by far the most quad one wins and the toughest schedule, but Houston only has two losses all year. So, so, but I think, I mean, overall with those top two, you know, the top eight teams, then I see it coming out of those eight. I mean, there's a few outliers. Um, I know P was talking about Creighton here the last few weeks, but I think they've dropped off. So, but I think it's just, it is going to come out of those top eight, in my opinion. I oh. have a new dark horse for you guys, though. You're going to love this one. Every new every week, yeah. I have a new dark horse until I cover them all, because eventually I'll be right. Hell yeah. The Texas, the Texas Christian Horned Frogs are going to be a Final <laughs> Four team. You Horned Frogs. Yeah, no well, doubt uh, in my mind. No doubt in my mind. Max Duggan, Mike Miles is back. I'm among quarterbacks at the Combine. What? So what was that? That could be a good Owen. Max Duggan had the fastest 40 time among quarterbacks at the Combine. Thank God. He's going to be a third-round pick. Did he really? So maybe maybe top eight was, was too far to go. Kansas, Houston, Alabama, Purdue are one of those for the national champion. I mean, the storyline would fit Houston winning it, right? Houston and Houston for the Final Four. Um, and their coach, what, Kelvin Sampson? This is supposedly his last year, right? So the storyline fits for Houston. Breaking news on Bro Storm Sports. I hadn't heard that. <laughs> you hadn't heard that? Who told you that? Uh, I mean, I believe it's true. Breaking Maybe news. Absolutely Clip false. it. Clip it now. Clip it now. <laughs> Did the I Houston Athletic Director call you, Nick? <laughs> I, I may be in cahoots with some people down at uh, the University of Houston, uh, or I may not be. But it's is it his or is it um, – because it wouldn't be Jim Nance's last – it I'm is Jim Nance's last year. It's his last year, and he's that actually a Houston. He's a Houston alumni. Yeah, I think you're thinking Jim Nance. Okay, because well, he's a I Houston mean, alumni as well. So I mean, Jim. even a better storyline. Yeah, Jim Nance Hello, in friends. Houston, Houston alum. Yeah, absolutely. With the Masters coming up the next weekend, is Jim Nance retiring? Yeah, yeah, he is retiring. He's, he's I think he's done. That's awesome. You what like do you that? think the odds they need are? Dig- what sort of job is he retiring from? Is he retiring from calling basketball or golf or like he? What does he really do? I mean, what a job! He gets to travel around and just talk about. I mean, even if he just did the Masters for the rest of his life, what a gig! You know, I'm sure it pays well. But I've, I mean, him. That's going to be part of the storyline with the Final Four being in Houston the entire time. You know, he'll be a Houston alum. They're going to show his old dorm room or some nonsense like that. Um, but it'll be, it'll be very, very drawn out for sure. So two weeks, so two weeks ago, you stole Kansas from me. So you're on, you're on the Houston train now. You're, you're ditching Kansas. Is that what I'm hearing? No, no, no. I have no, no plans of doing that. I still got KU going number one. I've, do believe they're the best team, but they can be beaten very easily. I do like Houston and their offensive rebounding. They've got to be one of the top offensive rebounders in uh, NCAA. Houston is the number one offensive rebounding team in the country. Um, I, uh, I I am worried about Houston, though. They're, they have a cupcake schedule, as some people would say. Uh, they they play in the American... No offense, Sasha, Nick. I know you're, you're WSU uh, fans, but... It is a cupcake schedule. Uh, I don't it. know their exact schedule ranking there, but I think yeah, KU I has think, a top three hardest schedule. Yeah, what's up? I think cupcakes a stretch. Like, yeah, it's not as good a schedule as KU plays. Yes, that's true. Uh, but it's not like they're playing in the MAC Metro Atlantic Conference. Like they oh, the double A. Yeah, the <laughs> MAC. Um, the, the Americans, the ninth ranked conference in college basketball. So it's, it's not the best, but it's ninth out of 33 and like, yeah, they're still ranked number one at Ken Palm. They're number one in the NCAA net. Like the computers love them, even though they've played a little bit of a weaker schedule. Uh, you can't really compare it to the schedule KU's played because you could take any team in the ACC and say they haven't played near the schedule that KU's played. The big 12 is just on a totally different level this year. And 
I I I fight the narrative that like battle tested equals better in the tournament. I think when it comes to the tournament, it's just who's the better team. And I think Houston's just as good as any of these teams that have played tougher schedules in tougher conferences. And so I'm not saying they're for sure going to win the national title, but I don't think the fact of who they've played all season is going to make a difference on how well they do in the tournament. Right. Aren't they, isn't Houston a little bit older? What their do they have more seniors on their team? Sasser's a senior, um, but they're not minutes. super old. Yeah. I, but that's one thing with, I mean, even KU watching them this year, there's games where they just look like they don't know what they're doing. Because they're just, I mean, they've got a lot of younger guys that, um, you know, can play basketball, obviously, but sometimes they're just not on the same page or trying to rely on a jump shot rather than just trying to get a bucket sometimes. I don't like to, I don't like to, I don't like to disagree with you, but I 100% disagree with that statement. Basically, everything (laughs) you said. Uh, Jalen Wilson is a senior. Dewan Harris is a junior. Yeah, we have Grady Dick, but he's playing like at least a sophomore now. These guys are sophomores now. These freshmen. Yeah, they have a whole year under their belt. Super young. I I agree with I agree with P on this one. Thank you. That's weird. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. How does it feel? I I I mean, actually, pretty awful, but. I know I've I've been told I need to do a little more research anyways, so I appreciate getting schooled on that. Um, uh, will you send me your notes before next time? Uh, no, that's kind of the whole point of this <laughs> is just to kind of put you on the spot there. Uh, but I will say, about, I mean, I kind of want to get away. I kind of want to get away from the KU Houston talks. We've been talking about it all day. Uh, I still think I think UCLA is in some trouble. They uh, what was that dude's name that got hurt? Jalen Davis, I think, or he's like one of their best defenders, and he's big part of their team. And I think that's going to be a big blow for them. Yeah, UCLA. So there's an example of a team they they play in the Pac-12. So people like assume like, yeah, that's a pretty good conference, pretty good schedule. I wouldn't say UCLA's played any better schedule than Houston. Uh, not to take it back to Houston, but UCLA's won a lot of games in a row, but Jalen Clark's injury is going to hurt them. Uh, he's one of their better players, and they haven't... Uh, I don't know if there's been a lot coming out about what the injury is or if he'll come back, uh, but generally, if you're like keeping keeping it mum about an injury, it's because, it's because you don't want to lose seed lines uh, from the committee. So we'll see what happens with that. But right. I mean I, that could be could it be an Achilles with him? Yeah, yeah, I think he yeah, I think he's he out Achilles, I think for he's, sure. Yeah, he's done for he's done. He yeah. tore his Achilles. He Shows I don't I know, know if it's confirmed yet cuz they're probably trying to keep it low, but I, I, think, I think I saw a couple of videos on Twitter. It looked pretty rough. Yeah, I think he has an MRI coming up. That's what I just saw online, but also I can confirm that uh Jim Nance not retiring just not calling the final four anymore after this year. Still going to, you're still going to get the Nance Romo booth. Mm, (laughs) That's true. I really think, so we talked about KU and Houston. The other team is Alabama. I think one of those three teams wins the title, to be honest. If, I mean, and I know this isn't right, really in the purview of this podcast, but we haven't actually talked about it and we talked about it. I've talked about it a lot with other people. Should Brandon Miller be playing right now? I mean, that's such a tough thing to go into. Um, has he been actually, you know, arrested on any charges yet? He is not. He, and they've said that they don't have anything to charge him with. He's, as of now, not being charged with a crime and more than likely not going to be charged with a crime. I mean, the whole situation is awful. But, I mean, uh, innocent until proven guilty, right? So, I say let the man play. Yeah, I, I'm on the same page as you. Uh, I mean, it is weird. It's It's always a slippery slope with these kind of situations. If he was the six men on the bench or even the fifth guy he's not playing and it is a real life thing to be like you can get away with things if you're good at something which can go either way 
but yeah, he should be playing because he's because he's well, good at basketball. I think so. The, the kind of a sorry, Sash. It's kind of kind of along those lines. P. Last time you went into a strip club, did you bring your piece with you like John Morant did, or you leave it at home? No, no, I don't own a gun, nor have I been into a strip club. So those both uh, kind of go the That's, wrong way. Was that the like two truths and a lie thing right there, or what? Well, I, okay, I've been in one, but it wasn't. I wasn't really in. I wasn't really in there. There's always the one. There's always the one. It's just one though. It doesn't count. The first one doesn't count. Everyone knows that. Hey, don't worry. That's nobody just, in your family listens to this. You can be honest. Yeah, that's true. No one does anymore. It's sad. <laughs> that's all right. My parents listen, so they'll they'll text you about it. I'll give them your number. Thank so, God. I, I mean, I love the comedic relief there, Nick. I appreciate it. Um, I can confirm that. I've never seen P in a in a strip club or with a gun. So I think all honest statements uh, on Brandon Miller. I think here's where Alabama went wrong is like they knew like a month before any of this came out that he that that he was involved in this situation and he was a part of this investigation and gave the gun to the guy just before it even comes out in testimony, which happens like a week before March Madness. Just suspend him like two games right away. You know he's not getting charged with a crime. Say, hey, there was an incident. Brandon Miller was a witness, an innocent bystander. We're going to suspend him a game just to get it out of the way. And then it's not even a story when it comes out to the public later. But they didn't do that. In the absence of that, I don't know what you do about it now. Right. And that's the best way. You know, the PR way to do it would be to get out in front of it, like you're saying there. Because get out, say we're doing this, and like you said, if they knew they were, he wasn't going to get charged with anything. Well, once it we came out, they were hard pressed to suspend him for a game then because they have known about it for a month. So it's like if you're going to suspend him now, why didn't you in the first place? So it just right. would have made sense for them to get out in front of it. No, you're 100 percent right on that. That's, I would, that's, uh, I would, I would suspend him for the the whole SEC tournament. Because in in all reality, in all honesty, reality, these tournaments for KU and Alabama, they don't matter. I mean, I've seen countless times where KU's gone to this Big 12 tournament, should rail them, and then they just almost give up so they can go to the tournament early and kind of get their rest in. Like, the games don't matter to them, so I would actually suspend them the whole tournament. I don't hate that logic because I do. I have seen that. I agree it's too late, but if you're trying to make a point of it and saying, hey, we're doing something, it's not the worst idea to just say, hey, sitting out for these, you know, it could only be two games in the tournament or less even. And because I've seen times when KU goes into the tournament and they get, you know, bounced in the second round, it doesn't affect their, you know, their seeding typically. I don't think KU gives... Or Alabama give like as P said, give two shits about these conference tournaments right now. Like they're going to be one seeds. They're getting ready for the NCAA tournament. But then at the same point, like you're not throwing the games, so you can't help it if you win a couple games and end up in the championship game. And at that point, you might as well try to win. So, right. It's interesting uh, in terms of talking about these conference tournaments. Obviously. The bubble's determined a lot by this. There's really no like potential bid thieves in the smaller leagues right now. Like there was years in the Missouri Valley Conference where you knew Wichita State was was going to the tournament, but as long as they won the conference tournament, it was a one bid league. But then if somebody else won the conference tournament, it would screw a team on the bubble because now two teams were going from that league. We don't really have any of that in the smaller conferences this year. There's pretty much like nine conferences that have multi-bids and they're definitely getting multi-bids regardless. The only question is, do, do any teams outside, outside of the automatic or outside of the at-large structure in those conferences win their tournaments? So like, it's a long shot, but if Oklahoma or Texas Tech won the Big 12 tournament, or if somebody besides Houston or Memphis wins the American tournament, like if Tulane snuck up and won that, um, if, if somebody wins the Mountain West tournament outside of San Diego State or any of their other at-large teams. But I think the bubble's pretty static this year. Is It's not as fluid as we've seen in some years. 
but it leads me into kind of the point. Do you, are you guys like sad that there's not as many underdog type teams or at large teams from the smaller conferences, or do you just want to see the big conferences? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm sad. It is always fun to see those, you know, random teams get in, but you're still going to have that from those small conferences. I mean, even those guys are typically, uh, you know, 14 to 16 seed anyways. You'll see a bunch of like fifth year seniors on there and stuff like that. But it would be, I mean, it's sad to me if you have, um, you know, like if North Carolina somehow gets in UNC and they're not, I mean, they have to be a play-in game, right? They'd have to be one of those 11 seed players. Yeah. If anything, but because I hate when they, you know, you've, Teams go through, they win their conference championship, and then it sucks. They have a, you know, sixteen seed play in. Like, you're telling me I got to win this just to try and get on the, you know, big dance with them. Yeah, but it gives them a chance to win a game too, where the other sixteen seeds don't really have a chance to win a game. Oh, UNBC won that one year. You never know. Yeah, you never know. One time, consider like two hundred. Consider the play in games a actual win though. It I mean, counts on the tournament record as a win, yeah. They call them the first four instead of playing games, but would you rather would you rather see just the best 68 teams or do you like the concept of automatic qualifiers and the conference tournament champions? Auto qualifiers uh, all day, yeah. every day. I mean, that's what makes a tournament so special is like you get some beat, not BS, but you get like a, like North Carolina this year, honestly. Yeah, they're probably top 64 best teams, top 68, but they don't deserve it. I mean, when you get a team like uh, Oral Roberts in it or even College of Charleston, they deserve it. They they really took care of business when North Carolina did not take care yeah. of business, and that, that I, should be worth something. I agree 100%. It's not about getting the best 68 in. It's about having a fun tournament, and everybody in the sport, every Division One team has a chance to compete for the national championship regardless of conference affiliation um, and all these like middling 11th place teams in the ACC, they had their chances to get in the tournament and they still have another chance. They can win their conference tournament too, just like the small conference teams have the chance to. So I agree a hundred percent with that. Yeah. I'm on the same page as well. You got to let those guys get in and you got to have those auto bids coming in and it does, it makes the tournament more fun. Not only just to see somebody make a run, you know, a 16 beat a one seed, but or just a, you know, that 14 team or 14 seed make it to the, you know, sweet 16, elite eight, anything around there. But it also makes it fun when you're gambling on it and you got that one versus 16 and it's a 28 point spread and you got to sweat it out to the last buckets made. So that always makes yeah. it a little more fun too. I have a, I have a hot basketball take with that. Uh, if there's no if there's no automatic bids, there's probably no Steph Curry in the NBA right now. And who knows what happens with basketball with no Steph Curry in the NBA? I'm just putting that out there. Davidson, um, I think they were like a 12 or 11 seed, or were they a 10? Were they? In I'm gonna. It? I'm gonna agree that they might not have been in the tournament if there was no auto bids. I'm gonna disagree with the fact that Steph Curry would not be in the NBA. I, I feel like I don't know. if that you're one of the best players in the NBA history, you would have found a way there without. The help of March Madness. All right. I, hey, that's okay. That's fine with me. <laughs> like, he was dropping 30 a game all year long. You don't think any NBA scouts w- go to gyms besides at the NCAA tournament? It's the uh, only one they go to, Sash. It's the only one they go <laughs> yeah, to, dude. Everyone knows that. They're busy doing other things. Scouting Luka Don. By the way, Davidson, I believe, was a 10 seed the year they made the run to the Elite Eight and lost to Kansas which generally means they would have been in the tournament regardless but well it was close it was it was a close for a hot take and i was i was really uh sending it out there takes. for something like that yeah you know why i love hot takes i love pouring water on them okay <laughs> well like cold water or warm water to like they... you trying to get back to like water. the als challenge ooh <laughs> a p was too young for the als challenge you remember that one p yeah, I did. I did an AL. I was in like fifth grade, and it took me a long time to get nominated, so that made me sad. Uh, <laughs> did you? But uh, did you see the uh, Fifty Cent when he challenged? Uh, yeah, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather to read a, <laughs> read a read a Doctor Seuss book. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that, that was good. That was really We're going to get to break actually. here in a second, but I need one of you guys to explain that to me. Yeah, I think you, you got see that, Sasha? No. So the whole ALS challenge was, you know, you got to do something and pour a bucket of water on yourself. Yeah. 50 Cent goes, fuck the bucket of water. I dare Floyd Mayweather to read one page out of the Harry Potter book. I'll pay a million dollars to whatever charity you want. Because he claims that Floyd Mayweather cannot read. So right. it was awesome. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good note to get to a break on. Uh, College Hoops is heating up selection Sundays in six days. On the other side, we're going to get to some of the NFL news from around the league today. You're listening to Bro Storm Sports. Stay with us. Having an event that needs amazing entertainment? Hi-Fi Productions is the way to go. They bring their mobile dueling pianos and provide a highly interactive and fun show that's perfect for fundraisers, corporate events, or any kind of party. Is somebody getting married soon? Hi-Fi also provides the best wedding DJ service around, winning Wedding Wire's Couples' Choice Award four years in a row. They know how to pack a dance floor. Based in Wichita, Kansas, visit HiFiProductions.net to book your unforgettable event. Welcome back into BroStorm Sports. We're coming out of the break. It's tax season. Intern P just found out how taxes work, and he's not having a very good time. But we're going to get into... Uh, if anyone wants to Venmo me, it's at Pearson Dueling on Venmo. Um, Before you get into uh, that too much. At Pearson Dueling, if you want to he, pay Pearson's tax. He's only filed one one time, right? You got to file twice because you got two W-2s, right, P? <laughs> I don't know how this works. I'm 22, dude. If any of you are accountants, uh, hit me up. Uh, I need some tax advice. advice from Bro Storm Sports. If you're an accountant. Just at Brostorm Sports on Instagram and DM us. Uh, he's also into life advice. advice. And All right. he's looking for a girlfriend. So any of those DM Brostorm. Yeah, just hit me up. Just let me know. Yep, let's let's uh let's skip this part then. Let's let's get on. Let's at go. Pearson dueling as well. All right. So real quick, I, I wanna just take a second on the NFL and then we're gonna pick the conference tournaments. Uh, in the in the college basketball scene, Derek Carr signs a four year, one hundred fifty million dollar deal today to be the New Orleans Saints' new quarterback, and Geno Smith signs a three year, one hundred five million dollar deal today to stay with the Seattle Seahawks on an extension. Which deal was dumber? I mean, both of them, but Derek Carr was way worse, I think. Um, I didn't even see that Geno Smith news yet. I was probably probably broke while I was about a mile and a half into walking the dog. But um, I cannot believe somebody is paying Derek Carr. Was it thirty seven and a half million a year for what is a hundred million guaranteed as well? I mean, what it, it all it does is make Pat Mahomes' contract look even better and better when all these guys are going to start signing. It's crazy. But there's no way I'd sign a guy to $37.5 million if he wears mascara and puts baby oil on his arms for hard knocks so that he, he can look good for the cameras. I mean, there's no way. He got benched. He's, off. He's a terrible quarterback. I wish he was still in the AFC West so he'd just kick the shit out of him every year. But it's going to be fun to see him just fail in a new place. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand it. Uh, I don't think Derek Carr is worth even half of that. I mean, I'd pay him. Not that I have fifteen million dollars, but I'd probably pay him about fifteen. Um, I also think it's weird. They have a Jameis Winston on the bench that I think is a a quality starting quarterback in the NFL, and I don't know why they would sign Derek Carr instead of playing Jameis Winston and giving him a chance. I don't mind the Geno Smith uh, thing. There's not a whole lot of quarterbacks out there, anyways. Uh, relatively cheap in comparison to Derek Carr. So I don't mind the Seahawks move, but the Saints move is a definitely interesting move. Yeah, I'll somewhat agree with most of what you said there, although Jameis Winston is not a viable option in the NFL. He's had plenty of chances. And he's had plenty of chances. You act like this dude never got a chance to start in the NFL and he's just waiting for his turn. Dude, There's like 30 interceptions a year. Yeah, he was part of the 30-30 club, dude. That's I mean, pretty he's impressive. He's an electric character and player on the field. But 
Yeah, he doesn't. He he doesn't so much belong as a starting quarterback. He's a great backup and fun to have come in. But and I I agree with you on the Derek Carr. If they paid him fifteen a year, I'd be like, that's a pretty good deal. You know, Geno Smith. I feel like earned his. You know, what is that? Thirty million a year. He had a pretty solid year, but uh, yeah. I just looked. Derek Carr has been like over the course of his career a lot better than Geno Smith, though. Like Geno Smith had one good year, and Derek Carr's at least like been a viable NFL what, quarterback what have you for done nine for years me now. Yeah. I don't really I mean, love look, comparing the two for sure, Geno. Just because you look at the last year. I mean, again, Carr had what? 15, he had the most turnovers in the league and played in 12 games, I think. Like something like that. It's He had an awful year. There's not, there's one place in the world, and it's actually two maybe because the NBA would pay some ridiculous contract like that too for, a, you know, seven points a game and five rebounds bench player, which is wild. But, um, I mean, it, it just – I'm mad that somebody else signed him because that just opens up the door for a better quarterback in the AFC West. You know, I am, I am, reading, I am reading up on this. The, AF, the NFC South is really, really bad, though. So, yeah. I, you know, the, the more I'm thinking about it, Derek Carr is a – you know, he's not amazing, but he's the best quarterback in that division by – it feels like a long shot at this point. So if they can go nine and eight or whatever it is, nine and eight, ten and seven, and make the playoffs, I think that's worth the money. Yeah, I mean it's a good move for him to get into the NFC South. Um, and yeah, if they can win their division, that's great. More power to them. Long term, though, like they're hamstringing themselves a little bit. But I think it's just the going rate for quarterbacks. Like Daniel Jones is asking <laughs> for forty million a year. I'd probably rather have Derek Carr than Daniel Jones. What's Mahomes making? I don't know his contract off the top of my head. I'm sure you guys do, but his what is it? This year is 48. I just looked at it today. So he's making 48 million this year. Well, yeah, I mean his average annual value is 45 million a year. His cap hit for this upcoming year is 48 million. Like they they finagle things. They have like so much in base salary and signing right. bonus and all that. But what it costs the Chiefs against yeah. their cap is 48. And that's million. why the Chiefs just. I mean, let. Who was it? Uh, so Orlando Brown and uh, Frank Clark go today. Yeah, they they uh, they released Frank Clark. That's a seven million dollar dead cap hit, but they saved twenty one yeah. million in salary. And then Orlando Brown, they have not released yet. That's right. But he's a true free agent, and they've said That's they right. won't franchise tag him. So they're still trying to work out a long term deal yeah. with him, but they're not. Well, gonna franchise I heard tag he was him. asking. I've I have a hard hitting question for you guys. Shoot. What's that, Pete? No, I said I had a hard hitting question. It's kind of off the Chiefs. I love talking about the Chiefs and all. Um, where's Aaron Rodgers going? New York Jets. You want the simple answer, or you want me to tell you where I'd like him to go? I'd love to tell you where you, where um, you like where you I would like to, go. to see him in Oakland, so we could kick the shit out of him. And then maybe see him go on a year-long darkness retreat because he's depressed. Oh, he a year-long, not days. even three days. It'd be wild if he went to Oakland. They don't even have an NFL team. <laughs> so he'd be on a full-on darkness <laughs> retreat there. He'd be playing for the athletics. <laughs> Tough look. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think the A's will be there anymore. I think they're moving too. Tough look. I think Rodgers is going to play another year in Green Bay. Like that's the that's the most likely scenario. But it'd be fun to see him go somewhere else, just to see see what's out there, see what it looks like. But I think Rodgers will be I don't back. Know. All the nonsense I've heard is everybody's right. saying Green Bay is kind of tired of him, and they want to just move on to Jordan Love. But yeah, I mean, if he plays another year, they'd be fools not to pay him. Besides the fact that he's getting paid. I think is he forty eight million next year as well. He he's up there somewhere. Uh, yeah, he signed a three year one fifty last year, one fifty eight or something. Yeah. So he's about fifty million. So that'd be year. the the best reason for them to get rid of him, 55. obviously. 
Yeah, I mean, if they got rid of him now and Jordan Love sucked, then maybe they could get Caleb Williams next year. Just be the worst 50, team in the NFL. $59 million guaranteed if he plays in 23. See, that's the wild thing is like, and last point on this, and then we'll pick some college basketball tournaments. But the quarterback money's become so ridiculous. Like, yeah, maybe Aaron Rodgers wants to retire, but how can you walk away from a guaranteed $59 million? They'd cut him. Yeah, they'd have like a $40 million dead cap. They'd it's probably still, still have to pay him because he's yeah. guaranteed money. It's it's a it's a tough scenario for him for sure. But that's what I heard this morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor. Cry it's me not a for river. him. It's tough oh, for the, cry me the a river, Packers. Dude. Yes. <laughs> I know it's tax season. You can't believe these guys are making over a couple grand a month. But, uh, you know. The, it's really for the Packers. If they could restructure that, what if? Imagine this, Pete. They restructure it. They send you, you know, a check for a grand, pay your taxes, but then you're going to owe taxes on that again. You're going to be short. <laughs> I'm just going to have to pay the taxes. I think. I think I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and, and pay the taxes. Uh, I might have to take out a loan. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's going to be wild. All right, guys, I'm going to give you some conferences. I want you to tell me who you think the champion's going to be. Try to keep it brief because uh, we went a little long on the NFL. Um, ACC, who's going to win the ACC tournament? It, it's a crapshoot. The, the ACC is poor. Um, I think I'm just going to go with Duke because I think it'd be funny. Uh, I hate Duke, but I, I would love to see them uh, – Win the win the ACC and just be like, yeah, we're gonna win the tournament and then get bumped in the first round. So that's what I'm hoping for, a first round exit in the tournament from Duke after they All win right. the championship. You guys are gonna have to forgive me on some of these because I may get uh, get teams wrong, but um, I I hate Duke. I can't imagine seeing them win. Just can't do it. Would not would not tickle my fancy. I would not mind seeing North Carolina, but again, they're just taken away from somebody else. What? And I always get these mixed up. Is Miami in the ACC? Okay. Yeah, they, they won are. it. Yep. Uh, they won the last game of the year this okay. year and got first place. I always in the get ACC and SEC mixed up every once in a while. So I'm going to go Miami. I'm going to go chalk there. Take Miami. Okay. I'm going to go with a team that. Almost won the ACC. Uh, finished at, I believe, fourteen and six. The winner was fifteen and five. That's going to be your Pittsburgh Panthers, and I'll tell you why. Wow. Former Wichita State player, they they tied for third with Duke, or tied, yeah. And Miami and Virginia were both fifteen and five. Former Wichita State player Jamarius Burton leading them in scoring. Pittsburgh Panthers, ACC so, champs. I like Book that. It. So if Pittsburgh wins, it's basically Wichita State win, right? That's what I'm hearing. I mean, it's uh, essentially it's all because of Wichita State. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that, that's what I'm going that's with. Cool with. That's me. my story. I'm sticking to it. I'm. You're gonna sense a theme in my picks here. All right, let's go next. Pac-12 champions. Quick. That was really quick. I didn't. You should have let us figure it out. But I already know it's coming now. What the theme? Yeah. Dude, I could pick a former Wichita State player in every conference tournament and find one right. on a viable contender to, to I win, you, I, except for the Pac-12, I think. I think we talk about this at least once a week. Yeah. Anyways, who's going to win the Pac-12 I mean, tournament? Arizona. I'm just going to keep like it short. That. Arizona. I do, too. Um, I mean, I like Arizona, but I'm going to go with... Uh, I don't even know if they made the tournament. Oregon State. Give me the Beavers. Because <laughs> of the Beavers? Is it because of my yeah, shirt? Is that why? He's wearing that shirt that gave me the idea. Okay. I, I, yeah. Oregon State. Uh, yeah, they they finished 5 and 15 in the conference this year. They're due. They're 11 and 20 overall, 215th at Ken Pop. They're due. So there's a bid thief for you. <laughs> Oregon State. I'm going to go with UCLA. UCLA is on a mission to nab that fourth number one seed over Purdue. Purdue takes a loss in the Big Ten tournament, and UCLA wins the Pac-12 tournament. UCLA will be number one out west. So I'll go with UCLA 
uh, to uh, get the Pac-12 championship. All right, moving on. Big East. I mean, this one's simple. Creighton. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's fair. You don't mean that. You don't mean that at all. You're trying to mush me, aren't you? I mean, it, it goes along my line of reasoning because <laughs> Creighton girls love the shocker. The only thing they're good at is loving of the shocker. See, I love that, uh, but I'm not taking Creighton, and I wasn't going to take Creighton. I'm going to take my Yukon Huskies. Uh, back in 2013, when Kimba Walker won the Natty, or was that 2009? When when did they win that one with Kimba Walker? I mean, I think it was like uh, eight or nine. 11. They won the Big East. Yeah, they 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 won the Big East and they went on that run. And I have a feeling they're going to do it again. They're going to win the Big East and then they're going to come out and make the Final Four. Book it now. That's another dark horse team of mine. So, yeah, I was right. It was the 2011 National Championship. Good dark horse, though. All your dark horses are in the Big East, though, P. No, just Creighton and UConn. They've got to be those. And then TCU. Give me Marquette. Uh, Shaka's got it rolling at Marquette. Another person I hate. Give Shaka's the, smart. The Marquette Golden Eagles. Shaka's an, an infuriating guy to just look All right. at. I don't know how people play for him. All right, let's go. Really? Uh, let's go SEC. We're skipping the Big Twelve, or are we we going we gonna roll back? No, to I'm just I'm going kind of randomly. We're gonna do the Big Ten and the Big Twelve last. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, since I have the floor here, um, see, I was gonna say Tennessee, but one of their guards got hurt, so I think injury the injury bug's huge in this tournament. They've had these guys the whole time, uh, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with chalk there. Uh, SEC uh, Alabama going Alabama. So. I mean, yeah, Alabama's the right call, but I'm going to go a little off. I'm going to take Kentucky, making a little run here. I wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, see Coach Cal, because I think he's on the hot seat if he doesn't make a run in the tournament. Yeah. There, there's that narrative a little bit early in the season, but I, he's got a huge buyout, and Kentucky's kind of righted the ship. Yeah. They're back in the top 25. They finished 12-6 and six in the conference. Um, which was good for third place, actually ahead of Tennessee, who was eleven and seven. Uh, but I'll go with uh, I'll go with home of Dexter Dennis. Texas A and M had a rough non-con, rough start to the season, uh, but they finished the conference season fifteen and three with a win over Alabama on the last game of the season. Alabama finished sixteen and two. Dexter Dennis starting for them could have gone with the Arkansas Razorbacks and Ricky Council the fourth, but I'll go with Texas A and M. That was a huge win for AM. I did catch that game and uh, they are contenders. They did they were at home, but I I think Texas AM is a great pick. Yes. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it, P. Tell me about yeah, no the Big problem. Ten conference. Oh man. Purdue Purdue had a stranglehold on this almost college basketball season the whole entire year. They were projected number one seed for the country for about, I don't know, two, three months. And I don't know what it is. They're just kind of falling apart. I mean, not obviously the what the wheels aren't falling off like a couple teams I know. Um, so I don't think they're gonna win. So I'm gonna go with. Hmm, I don't want to do it, oh. but I'm going to Indiana. Oh. Yeah, Purdue lost four of their last eight. Nick disapproves of the Indiana. You're talking pick. about me trying to mush you every time you hop on a team that I'm hot on. You or have the hots for? Let's say. You mush them. You you kill them. They're dead. We talked about it. You're on Creighton. They sucked. Except oh. except Creighton. I had They're Indiana. Still doing pretty good. And then you told me you really like that. So now they suck. So I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm gonna go chalk here. They beat Michigan. I mean, it's they a beat good Michigan. time to get hot. But now about? that you picked them, I can't do it. Can't do it. I know they're gonna lose probably first round. Um, but I'm gonna go Purdue. I think Zach Eadie's just going to kill it. The Big Ten's kind of wild. Um, I'm, I've got them pulled up here. Uh, Purdue went 15-5, and five, which was good by three games to win the conference. But there is literally 11 teams in the Big Ten between 9 and 12 wins. So, essentially, everyone was the same team. I'll go with the team that, uh, I mean, everyone was pretty even is, is what I meant by that. They weren't the same team, Nick. Thanks for the laughter, though. 
Um, I'll go with the team out of Chicago. Kind of like Loyola Chicago used to be out of Chicago in the Valley. Northwestern it's a gross to win pick. the Big Ten tournament. They got a win over Purdue oh, wow. this year. Oh, I, I thought you were going to Illinois. Oh, wow. No, Illinois is in Champaign. P. It's still <laughs> Illinois. Yeah, it's part of the state of Illinois. It's not in Chicago. Yeah, I know. That's why I thought Chicago. you were going with Illinois. Uh, oh, you said... Ooh. I thought... Uh, Sasha, there for a second, <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's... You know, as they call it now, it's January, February, Izzo, April. So I thought you were going to go Michigan State there. Hmm. You've never heard that? I've never heard that said, Nick. <laughs> I have. It's 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 John Rostein, dude. February, Izzo, April. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a Rost. Wild assertion. Um, they do. Uh, Northwestern does have a kid from Wichita on it, though, too. So watch out for that. There you go. I didn't even know that. Yeah. He went to Newton High School. I don't know if it's in Kansas. Uh, all you oh, Portland guys. Oh, who's the dude? His name's Ty Berry. Yeah, I remember that guy coming up. I didn't know where he ended up. I remember him on the recruiting trail back in the day. Yeah, he's at he's at Northwestern. So that shows you how good of a fan you are of Northwestern. Yeah, it does. <laughs> shows a lot. <laughs> all right, P. Who's going to win the Big Twelve tournament? All right, this is kind of my bread and butter here. I kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, I think the top teams, Texas, Baylor, Kansas, they're obviously going to try once they get in it, but they're not coming into this tournament do or die. And I think there's a couple teams that are do or die. And one of them is West Virginia. One of them is Iowa State. One of them is TCU. And I'm going with TCU to win it. They're a five-seed projected. They're going to roll up to about a three-seed, and they're going to go on a run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Woo. I thought you were going to go with the fighting Eric Stevensons in West Virginia. No, they're an eight seed. They got a tough road. They got to first beat Texas Tech, yeah, then they Kansas. Gotta four games. They got it. They're they're in trouble, but it, anything can happen in March. I will say this about West Virginia, though. Bracket Matrix has moved them up to the nine line, so they're pretty safe getting well, into West the tournament Virginia, now. West Virginia has an electric, Nick. Who you got in the Big Twelve? Um, like victory song for their football. You know, when they play the old Take Me Home Country Roads, pretty electric. But um, mm, mm-hmm. it does say West Virginia in that song. It's, it's awesome. Um, I'm going to go with uh, since Manhattan just chewed up and spit out intern P over the weekend, I think they're going to be feeling pretty good about themselves. I'm going to take K State. Yeah, that's who I was going to go with as well. But I'll go somewhere else since. Since we're doing that, uh, give me uh, Baylor. I could see that. All of us with unique picks in every conference, so I like that. No, no double ups. P had Duke, Arizona, UConn, Alabama, Indiana, TCU. Nick had Miami, Oregon State, Creighton, Kentucky, Purdue, K State, and I had Pittsburgh, UCLA, Marquette, Texas A and M, Northwestern, and Baylor. Give me a wild weekend. Not that anybody's keeping track or cares. When I go six for six, you guys are going to have to just praise me on how much I know ball. So you guys that's might fair. be in trouble. If you go six for six. Yeah, that's going to be wild. You should, uh, you should parlay all six of those for like a thousand bucks. I'm, I'm so down to do that. It's very degenerate, but I think I'm going right. to do it. You probably right parlay now. all six of those to win their tournaments. Probably $10 pays for your taxes. All right, let's get it. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. All right, he's in. Everybody just saw his uh, DraftKings password on the video. Anyways, that's going to do it for this segment. On the other side, we're going to give you some NCAA tournament moments. Stay with us. Welcome back into BroStorm Sports. As has become customary here on BroStorm, we're going to play a little game to finish out the show tonight. Uh, We're going to do a draft. We're picking... Best upsets or most memorable upsets, however you want to frame it, that have happened in the NCAA tournament. Uh, We're going to go around the room, relive some good moments. We're going to go oldest to youngest this time. That means Nick's going first. Nick, what do you got? I appreciate it. Um, Finally get a little respect on this podcast. So, Um, but so my number one upset that I've, this is one I have personally seen, and I loved more than anything. I'm a big-time Mizzou hater. 
So I'm going with the number one upset I have is Norfolk State upsetting Mizzou as a 15 seed in 2012. Okay. That was one of the inaugural two over 15s. I don't think it was the very first one, but it was early on. Um, so that's a good one. Nick hates Missouri. Just never been. I'll accept it. Yeah. Never been a Mizzou fan. Can't stand them, even though I live in Missouri now, but. Yeah. Kind of. Right. So I've got one kind of Missouri. that was part of, part of a Final Four run. Uh, and it was kind of the initial, the, the first ever, like, really off-the-radar team that made the Final Four. It was in 2006, my senior year of high school. Uh, George Mason went as an 11 seed all the way to the Final Four, but the specific game I have is the regional final in 2006 in Washington, D.C. George Mason over UConn, who was the number one team in all the land, uh, number one overall seed, and was a pretty dominant team. I think it was a Mecca Okafors team, and they were, I believe, potentially defending national champions. Um, so I got George Mason over UConn in the regional final, 86 to 84 in 2006. You had the final score and everything. Uh, how how well do you? Remember I remember it pretty well because I like George Mason had made their run. And they had made it all the way to the Elite Eight. And then everyone was like, no chance they beat UConn. UConn's way too good. They have too much talent. And George Mason just had like five dudes, six, seven, and under. UConn had all this size. And they just spread the floor on them. We're hitting threes. It, it, was, it was pretty fun to watch. And also, fun. that same year, Wichita right. State was in the tournament and beat Tennessee U later uh, in the round of 32 and made the sweet 16 and actually George Mason, I believe beat Wichita state in the sweet 16 to get to that game against UConn. It's funny how it always works out that way with, um, sometimes there'll be multiple upsets in one side of the bracket and they'll play each other to go in, which is awesome. I think that's one of the reasons that nobody gave George Mason a chance against UConn because it's like, well, you Shockers were a seven seed that year. You avoided the two seed. You played another mid-major. Like, you had the easy road. There's no way you're going to beat UConn. So that's what made it such a kind of cool upset. Yeah. What do you got, P? All right. <clears throat> so for my, for my first uh, memorable moment, biggest upset, it's going to come in 2013. And it's uh, Florida Gulf Coast, uh, Lob City. They beat Georgetown, who was a two seed. One of the most electric runs I've I've seen in really any basketball. They're just lobbing. They got white dudes like just absolutely dunking it on people. And it was amazing to see. You don't see that very often. Uh, I don't know how they did it. I don't know where they came from, but it was one of the most they memorable things electric. that I remember. They were fun. Yeah, remember. That's, that's a good pick. That was on my list. Trivia time. Do you remember who they beat in the second round to make the Sweet 16? I first 15 ever to make the Sweet 16. Uh, so they would have they would have played what no, a they played a 2, two seed, so then they played a 7 played, in the second round. Dayton maybe? No. Um could it have been I like, was going to give you a hint but it makes it pretty easy. I don't know I don't he wasn't on the team. He was gone by then, but it was uh Kawhi Leonard's school. Yeah, San Diego, San Diego State, State. I believe they beat the Yeah, I I think I do recall. I uh, I just they I think they lobbed in the last two games as well, and I, it's um, forever ingrained in basically probably every college basketball fan's mind. So with my second one, I'm gonna go recent. It's kind of a biased pick, but I'm gonna go last year, 2020, St. Peter's beating Kentucky in the first round. Uh, I think they were. 16 and a half point underdogs against a Kentucky team that was pretty overpowered. They had a couple draft picks. They had Oscar Shibway, the player of the year that year, and they get bumped in the first round yeah. to a 15 seed. Good pick. Just real quick, what year was last year? 2022. Yeah. <laughs> pretty right? sure you said 2020. Is that, that's correct, right? <laughs> yeah. Did I say, fine. dude, I'm, ever since I'm 2020, I just, the years have been gone. Up. All right. Um, 
Florida Gulf Coast was actually who I was going to pick next. Uh, Dunk City, Lob City, that, that was a really good pick. So I'll go to my yeah. next on my list. Um, it's just kind of a personal thing. And, I mean, it still was a really good upset. It was another Final Four run, a nine seed on their way to the Final Four. Wichita State Shockers beat the number one team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, in the round of 32, en route to beating LaSalle, then Ohio State, to make the Final Four. So I'll go Wichita State over Gonzaga in 2013. That was a fun run. I mean, Wichita State had some incredible years there. Um, We were going because... You'd go up to the tournament in St. Louis, didn't you, Sai? Yeah, most of the time. I mean, but that was... I, I didn't make a- it that year, but I uh, I actually... So I watched that game against Gonzaga on TV, but then I went down to L.A. for the Sweet 16 Elite Eight to see him beat LaSalle in Ohio State, and then I went to Atlanta for the Final Four. And actually, now that... Now that we're talking about it, I might have been in St. Louis that year, too. I think I was. Yeah. St. Louis was always one of those blurs. They did not win at St. Louis that year, though. They were in at-large. Nine seed. Lost to Creighton. Right. So, All right, Nick. Who you got? Um. So, I, I know I had Florida Gulf Coast as one of mine as well. I thought that was a great pick. P. Um. I'm going to go, so back-to-back here, kind of on the other end of the spectrum, though. So, 2014, Wichita State gets a one seed. They get matched up against Kentucky as an eight seed in round two and end up losing in just a barn burner of a game, which is a heartbreaker. But that was one of the best games I've ever watched for college basketball. Kentucky, one of the best lines that... uh, um, our coach had coming out, Marshall. They say, you know, none of your players were recruited by Kentucky. He says, you know what? I didn't recruit any of their players either. So <laughs> it was an electric moment on the press conference, but um, that was a heartbreaker of a game. That's a good point. He didn't recruit any of their players. <laughs> okay. But um, so that was my second one. And then my third one is just a classic. Um, it's really this, this, show the 30 for 30 was on here within the last week or so. And I caught a little bit of it, but it's the coach V coach Valvano NC state run beating Houston in the championship. Um, just an iconic team an iconic moment and just their entire run that entire season, you know, uh, just a great 30 for 30 as well. If you haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, the NC State Houston one's a good one. Um, there's some other like Final Four matchups that were good. I- I've elected to go with like stuff that's within my time frame that I saw that I remember the moments from. Um, so like I don't I don't want to steal any of what P's gonna say or his picks, but like another one was like when Duke beat UNLV in the Final Four. There's in the in the 80s and early 90s there was some actual final four upsets, even though the seeds weren't that disparate, like these were dominant teams, Georgetown Villanova comes to mind, that kind of thing. But I'll go with uh, one that's not too long ago uh, that I saw the only 16 ever over a one UMBC beats Virginia saw it at old Chicago in uh, I mean, whatever year that was beat them by 20. 2018. 2018. It, it was 2018. 2018. Yeah, it wasn't it was the greatest game, game ever, but it was just the most historic like seed line upset. 100%. And it, it had never been done. Right. Yeah, it, it has to be. Think of the draft be. Has to be in this one. Uh, so I, I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this, but I may have ran out. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to say the biggest upset in college basketball history is the COVID-19 virus taking away a national championship from the Kansas Jayhawks in 2020. That is the biggest upset in NCAA college basketball history. Canceling that tournament right right in the middle of this pandemic and taking away when we needed I mean, a national championship. I 
from the Kane Jayhawks. I mean, if you really wanted to get KU involved, I could have come up with some other ones. You've got Bradley, you've got Bucknell, you've got Northern Iowa. There's three off the top of my head. But, I, I mean, COVID-19 was a pretty much I an underdog. I honestly don't care. I mean, underdog, but then... Yeah, I mean, they've been def- kind of, they haven't made it back to the tournament yet, have they? COVID-19? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> All right, we're going to end on that note. COVID-19 canceled the 2020 NCAA tournament. P thinks KU would have won it all. This has been another great episode of BroStorm Sports. Follow us on the socials, TikTok, Instagram. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe. You know all the good stuff. And check us out on BroStorm Locks on TikTok. P and J Miz getting it going there with the picks. This has been the Bro Storm Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.